Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I have a special show for you today. Uh, this, this, as an uh, old accounting grad, econ major, it is very rare where being a CPA becomes sexy, right? We, de- you deal with the kind of numbers and debits and credits, and you know, you go to CBA to file taxes. But lo and behold, this week we had a billionaire not pay much in federal income tax, so everybody wants to talk to a CPA. So we bring back Bob Langworthy to the show. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for having me back. I'm curious. Did you suddenly get a bunch of phone calls from people going, why the hell am I paying so much taxes? I received a few uh, emails from clients um, <laughs> that were perturbed. And yeah. why, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> that's right. That's right. How come, how come you're not as good as his, his uh, accountant, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man, that is funny. Yeah, yeah. I, as, as expected, right? I heard from not quite 100, but it's only been a week. Uh, of folks basically with the same message. How could a billionaire uh, pay less taxes than me? So first off, I want to demystify things because saying a billionaire pays less taxes than you is not accurate. And that's what's giving Trump a big leap, a big loophole to jump through. So let's stop saying Trump paid zero taxes, right? He paid lots of taxes. There are dozens of other taxes that I'm positive he paid Let's be clear. He paid zero or near zero federal income tax. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, based on what we know from the New York Times article, that's correct. There's zero or very close to zero in federal income tax that he paid. So let's just tick off other taxes that he paid, which again is giving all all of these people that want to just beat him and other real estate professionals you need, they need to get a finer point. Stop saying he paid zero taxes. He, he paid millions in dollars in taxes. The one that is most obvious is property tax. That's right. So the New York Times article revealed that he owns more than 500 companies. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there's real estate tax that are paid by those that hold real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those companies that have employees. Well, let's, let's just talk about, let's just talk about, we'll go one at a time. So I am not aware of, but again, you're the CPA on this call. There is no way to get a, um, not pay property taxes, right? They're due, right? You can, in some States you can go and protest them. So get a lower amount, but that doesn't take it to zero. Uh, there are some times like I know he took advantage when he bought that uh, hotel out in in the eighties where the city will give you reduce taxes for a length of time. But if you own a lot of real estate, whether it be golf courses or hotels or mansions or whatever, you are going to be paying property taxes every year. That's correct. And I think you're referring to a TIF, a tax income and financing deal can get you out of paying some. A municipality will do that to draw a business. But with the amount of real estate he has, he's clearly paying real estate taxes. Yeah, clearly. So stop saying he paid zero taxes because again, when they do that, he comes back with, I paid millions in taxes. They're both right. You got get your point finer. So not only did he pay property taxes, he again has 500 companies. 
So he probably paid payroll taxes because I'm sure there's some employees inside those 500 companies. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. And that's, uh, that's 7.65% of their paycheck that the employer pays. So right. that, that's again on the order of millions, one would guess. Yeah, one would guess, one would assume. It's not zero, right? There's no, yep. it's not zero employees in a, you know, a, again, right? So we gotta be very clear. Uh, other things, he probably had income come from foreign countries or real estate owned or companies owned in foreign countries. He probably paid, and I saw some where he paid taxes in other foreign countries. That's correct. Yes, he did. Yeah. So again, he did pay taxes. Uh, what else is there? Um, what other taxes are out there that he likely paid that we could think of? Well, those are going to be the big ones. We okay. don't know how these companies were set up and if they are uh, a Schedule C that pays its own, uh, sorry, a, a C Corp that pays its own taxes or mm -hmm. some kind of a pass-through entity. Right. Uh, there's a lot that's unknown. And, you know, to be clear, I'm not defending the tax returns that I haven't no. seen. Right, of you course. Know? No, neither am I. I'm just stating that when people say and they get all mad and they just want to throw yeah. flames out there, let's at least do it informed. He paid near zero federal income tax. Stop saying he didn't pay taxes because he paid millions in taxes given what little information we have. Well, and a point that... Uh, that needs to be brought up and that is part of what is making people so angry is that he's a billionaire. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of confusion about what that means. Yep. Um, does it matter? Um, so that just means his net worth and, and uh, Forbes most recently, it was this week, um, ran an article and they estimate um, that he has 3.6 billion in assets with 1.1 billion in debt. Mm -hmm. So that's how he gets to a $2.5 billion net worth. It's that he's actually not heavily leveraged for yep. those who are in real estate. They'd look at that and say, well, that's, that's, that's not kind of conservative. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's actually fairly conservative, but we don't pay taxes in this country on our net worth. Currently. Currently. That's right. <laughs> California may change that. Yeah. Uh, we pay taxes based on our net income. And that's what, is a little bit difficult for I think the average citizen to understand that you can be a billionaire, you can have a lot of cash flow coming into your into your checking accounts, yep, and yet not have a lot of taxable income for federal income tax purposes. Yeah, and that's what I want to go to next. So first, I wanted to I wanted to, if you're going to be mad, let's at least be mad correctly, and that is yes. he paid zero federal income tax. He paid millions of other taxes, so let's stop saying that. You have every right to be mad, right? A billionaire paying zero federal income tax. I mean, go back to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is somebody I've followed for years, and he has long railed against the IRS tax system that under the current rules say he can have a lower federal income tax than his secretary. Correct. I mean, I mean that's what Warren Buffett has said for decades. And yeah. I mean, for everybody that wants to look at Donald Trump and say he's, you know, he's you, everybody can look at, most people can look at Donald Trump and say he's willing to be in the gray area, right? He's, he's willing to play in that area. People look at Warren Buffett and he won't sacrifice his reputation for anything. He'll pay, he'll pay what's out there and he'll probably be far away from the line. At least that's my impression of it. So if Warren Buffett says the tax, the, the IRS tax system is not built for employees like his secretary, they're built for the billionaires, and there's no question Warren Buffett's a billionaire. Last time I checked, 35 billion or something like that. 
I mean, that should be a sign for folks, right? That there's, there's something there to be had. Absolutely. And Buffett's an interesting example because he probably doesn't pay much in actual federal income tax. He's primarily paying capital gains. Correct. And that's a different rate structure than ordinary income. I'm guessing he pays his secretary very well. And yeah. she's in, he or she is in a high tax bracket. It's a she, but yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she gets half a million a year. I mean, I'm sure for being a gatekeeper hope. for that individual plus stock. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now let's, now this is, now let's get into the meat of the conversation. So again, folks, I wanted you, if you're going to be mad, which you have every right to be mad, let's be at least mad correctly. Now let's talk about income because what most people don't realize is I like to think of income in three buckets, right? And this really is, this, this was first introduced to me by rich dad, poor dad, but only became relevant after I left my W2, right? So the biggest bucket, the one that we are trained for in, in school, the one that we come out of, you go to school, get a good job, blah, 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 is wages or salary or 1099, right? That is the least tax favored income out there, at least is my impression. Yes, that's correct. And when we say least tax favored, it's worth saying least tax favored by Congress. Because ah, Congress yes. has set up the laws to, to, to be a certain way and have created some of these opportunities that a real estate developer or a business owner can take advantage of to reduce their taxable income. Yeah, and let's, let's, let's give some for examples, and I'll just use myself as an example, right? So I live in the Silicon Valley. That's no secret on this channel. Uh, I was in a senior level position, so I had a decent income when I left. Uh, there is something in the employee or wage income that limits, at least as I understand, at least when I was filing my taxes as an employee, it limited my ability to pass through losses to my no job. And I think, the, I think the number was 250 grand. It might've been 200 grand. But basically said, hey, if you make more than this income, you lose some flexibility to take losses from other things. Is that, do I have that memory correct? That's correct. So it limits your ability to take Loss, excuse me, losses from passive income. So that would be like your real estate investing activities, for example. Exactly. Those losses get carried forward. Yeah. So one thing I was always interested about, because I that was one thing that I was like, huh. Uh, so what I remember, so A, I remember always being pissed off at my accountant, right? I was like, dude, I have a nice portfolio of real estate. When you add in depreciation, which we'll get to in a minute, I have losses. Why the hell do I have a million dollars in carry forward loss? that just accumulates, right? For 15 years, it's over a million dollars in carry forward loss. Why can't I use that? He looks at me and goes, Michael, you make too much money in your job, make less money. And I never understood that until now. It's, that's just reality, right? That's right, yep. Oh, I, I never liked that answer. I still don't <laughs> like that answer. <laughs> so again, folks, if you're out there and you're in the Silicon Valley or you're a Wall Street trader and your day job is making you six figures, even if you have real estate and you have hundreds of units, if your main job is that, you're not going to get the benefit of carry forward losses. You're, or you're not going to get the benefit of passive losses. You'll just carry them forward until you can use them. Is that correct? That's correct. I still hate that answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is, right? <laughs> I hate giving that answer. I, I, every time I close up my tax return, I'd be like, so what else can I do? He's like, make less money. I'm like, I don't want to make less money. 
<laughs> oh man, contribute was... more to your four hundred one k. That's, oh, that's yeah, not all you can do with your W two. <laughs> yeah, once that gets maxed, you're done. Oh, that's so. Again, folks, think about what what you just said. One of the things that which we'll, which we'll get into in a minute is Donald Trump and other real estate professionals uh, have the ability to take passive losses because they don't have a W two. So this was my question that I thought about just the other day about Donald Trump. Remember, he runs the presidency four years ago. And one of the first things he says is, I'm going to donate my salary. Because I'm like, that's son of a gun. Because last time I checked, the presidency comes with a $400,000 a year income. Last time I checked. That's correct. Last time I checked, 400 grand is more than what I was making. So he would not have the ability to take passive losses if he had that income. If I understand that, if I can tie all that together, is that at least, does that make you know, sense? That's, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't actually thought about uh, a tax reason for doing that. I just saw it as a PR move on his part. But no, I mean, logically speaking, right? You go from being a business owner and a real estate professional, and then you get a job that pays you 400 grand a year. Your personal income tax is about to get fucked, right? Because yeah. now you have that same passive loss that I always had he's now potentially signed up for. It, it would depend on how all of those companies are, are held, what business structure they are. But, but the flexibility is- that That's correct. I think you're right. Yeah. So, oh, lo and behold, I don't want the 400 grand. I'm going to donate yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to take a dollar or whatever he has. Uh, that, is, that is some slick uh, thinking right there. You know what his tax guy whispered in his ear, Donald, don't take that 400K salary. That'll really mess you up, brother. that's right oh man that is that is some genius tax planning right there yeah all right so again folks don't be mad at your cpa if you make more than i think it's 250 grand is Mm -hmm. that the limit yeah so if you make more than 250 grand you have a bunch of real estate you can't take the loss don't become the president because you have a 400k salary you have to donate that um so let's so if you move from salary or wages which most of us are trained for we live by our parents had it's 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 ingrained Let's go to real estate next. Real estate under the current tax laws, which again, could change next year, but let's talk about what we currently have, offers up the the ability to produce non-cash losses, right? You wanna talk about what that is and why that's important for someone? Oh, sure, and it's huge for real estate investors. And it's, uh, you know, listeners to your podcast and viewers of your channel i've heard you talk about depreciation in the past and and what a huge benefit it is where you take the purchase price of the building and you get to write that off in chunks every year depending on the type of real estate it is either 27 and a half years or 39 years and then on a larger property uh it might make sense to do a cost segregation study where you kind of front end load a lot of that depreciation and that depreciation shows up as an expense yep. on your tax return that you didn't have to write a check for. There's no cash involved. Yep. Zero cash. I mean, let's just do, I mean, can you pull out your calculator? You got a calculator? CPAs sure, yep. always have calculators. Yep. So let's just take an example. Let's assume somebody, you know, the Donald owns, what do you think he owns? A hundred billion worth of real estate? Probably. Um, the, you know, Forbes said 3.6 billion. Okay. So let's say, let's say 3 billion for easy. Let's say, you know, some of that's personal residence and stuff, which he can't claim. So let's say $3 billion. Yeah. And let's assume it's all commercial just so we don't have to do the mix and mash. Sure. Yeah. So $3 billion divided by what? 39 and a half, right? 
39. Or 39, okay. Yep. So what is that a year? That's uh, almost $77 million a year in depreciation. That's just straight line depreciation. Yep. So let's, let's make sure people get this. So Donald Trump, if, let's, this is all ifs, if he owns $3 billion, if it's all commercial, if it's all straight line, hope, you know, hopefully you can see his accountants could change all of this if they wanted to. He walks into January 1st, the ability to make $77 billion and not pay taxes. Yes. I want think about that again. No, 77 million, not billion, sorry. 77 million. Million. Think yep. about that. He can make 77 million dollars and pay zero taxes. That's correct. <laughs> I mean, is there yep. any other reason to own real estate? I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's very compelling. Yeah. So again, well, lots of assumptions. And oh, by the way, I was conservative, right? That was the most okay. conservative, straight line all commercial because if some of that was residential, right? Smaller number, 28 and a half or whatever it is, that, that number goes up. If he wants to front load it with, you know, um, cost segregation, that 77 million could easily double at That's least right. in the first years. Yeah. I mean, now he, could, he had, he's had years because of his 500 companies. Yeah. He has other types of income as well. I mean, the apprentice was a big one. Yeah. Um, he, he did well on that. He has, some real estate holdings um, that make a considerable amount of money every year that exceeds the depreciation. But because of how tax laws are written and how Congress has it set up, you can apply losses from one against another exactly. until they get zeroed out. And then you can carry those losses forward. So he had an almost billion dollar loss in one year. Yeah. This was, I think it was 95. Yeah, this and is the year in question, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that carried forward, so that eliminated tax liability for, for years. We think as 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 much as two decades. Wow! So that's that's huge. Now he really did have a billion dollar loss. We we don't need to get into the weeds on yeah. how you yeah. use a billion dollars, but yeah. it was the tax code permitted it. Yeah, and again, folks, it was said earlier, but let's say it again. So we've just talked about how one person, and this could be anybody, if they own three billion dollars in commercial real estate can walk into January 1st with the legal ability to make $77 million and not pay a dime in federal income tax. That is correct. And let's just, for the sake of people uh, listening and watching, yep. let's make it 3 million um, for our example. Okay. Because that's a number that people are probably shooting for or have already achieved. That's well, let's say, 10, let's say 10 million. Let's say you got a decent portfolio. Sure. Let's say it's yep. 10 million. So if you have 10 million, if it's all uh, commercial, mm -hmm. that's 256,000 a year in depreciation. If it's residential, that's 363,000 per year in depreciation. Again, folks, this is why if you own a bunch of real estate, you can legally pay zero federal income tax. However, you're going to pay a lot of property taxes. You might, if you have employees, you'll pay payroll tax. You know, you can pay capital gains tax, but again, you will pay zero federal income tax correct that's yeah that's correct you have the you have the the ability to do that absolutely yeah so let's be mad if we're going to be mad let's be mad at the right thing that's right, right. Yeah. oh this is this is fun i hope people are i hope people are paying attention um again think about that right you could i i, I personally walk into the year with the ability to make 200 grand and not pay federal income tax that's just what i built up over 15 years right i know what my depreciation number is 
that's just, and it will be that way for another 11 or 12 years. And then stuff starts rolling off and you know, all of that. Um, but again, I'll be buying more stuff. So that's just how it works folks. Um, so any more thoughts on, on real estate, passive losses, depreciations, the big one, anything else we should talk about there? Well, sure. The, the Washington DC, um, post office building down there that is now a hotel uh, mm -hmm. for that. He received a historic preservation tax credit. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a large credit that he received for doing the work completely um, legal to restore the building. Yep. He has taken advantage of conservation easements in the past where and he's a developer. Yeah. And uh, one of the cases was in New York state and basically the, the town said, we really don't want this land to be developed and made it so that he couldn't. And so he donated to mm -hmm. a conservation group, a massive tract of land. Well, that has value. And yeah. that was uh, a that legal was deduction. $21 million um, wow. charitable donation that he was able to claim. So there are a lot of things that, that you can do mm -hmm. um, in real estate to reduce your tax liability, particularly um, as you get into larger uh, real estate uh, holdings. When and, you're, and, when you, yeah, and as you keep adding or you do a 1031 exchange and you go bigger, it just all starts again. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, let's make this point. I want to make it, we said it earlier. We'll probably say it a couple of times. If you want to know where this happened, blame Congress. Congress sets the rules, right? That's correct. Don't Congress. be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Yep. And in an interesting twist, a, a law passed in the Obama administration, uh, a change to tax law benefited Trump and the, the big refund that's in question that's kind mm -hmm. of highlighted in the New York Times article mm -hmm. was made possible by yeah. a law that President Obama signed. Uh, and so there's all kinds of things. It, it, the Congress yeah. on both sides, regardless who, of who is in control and regardless of who is in the White House, yeah. favors real estate investors. Yeah. And what I want, I really want people to hear this. Don't be mad at the player. Be mad at the game. The game is set up by Congress. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the third type of income, right? Because I, I see lots of chatter out there about this third one, and that is being uh, a business owner, let's call it, right? Because not only do you have the ability to create losses with real estate, but sometimes being a business owner creates losses as well, right? And uh, so you want to talk about that kind of income and what are the different aspects there? Sure. So again, it's going to depend on how his businesses are mm -hmm. set up. Um, but there are some things that, you know, I recommend my clients do in small business when possible. For, for instance, paying your children. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if your children are legitimately doing work for your business, yeah. uh, then you can pay them. And, you know, they can make up to $12,000 now um, without having um, to pay any income tax. So Yeah, so think about that. That's $1,000 a month. Yep. which you as a business owner get to deduct from your income, which you can give to your kids who pay zero. So again, no federal income tax for either party, right? Well, actually you're lowering your income. Your kid has 12 grand. If you know you win, they win. That's right. Now in his case, it's bigger numbers. Well, yeah, no, and let's, let's not get into his case, but this is yeah. just, this is why if you're a business owner and again, being a business owner, you don't have to actually, there's no law that says if you're a business owner and lose money that you go to jail or anything, right? Businesses lose money all the time, right? So for example, if you are, if you have a business and you have one child, just make it easy. And you are going to report a $10,000 profit and then, but you've paid your kid 12 grand, you now show a $2,000 loss. 
your kid shows 12,000 income. There you go. That's right. Yep. And there are other little things that particularly real, real estate investors will want to track and that's your mileage. Yeah. Mileage, the mileage reimbursement rate is 57 and a half cents. So that's not huge dollars until you start to drive a couple thousand miles per year. Yeah. And so let's talk about that. Right. So I live in Mountain View, California. I invest in Fresno. Uh, let's call that a 400 mile round trip day. Let's do the math. Pull out your fancy calculator again. Yep. So yep, let's do 400 miles. And let's say I did that uh, 40 times a year, yep. right? So almost once a week. So what does that produce for a loss? So that's, uh, that's 16,000 miles. Yep. And that would be a $9,200 uh, expense on your tax return. There you go. Uh, you'd be lowering your income by that 9,200. And if you paid uh, one child, 12,000, mm -hmm. now you've knocked more than $20,000 of your taxable income has completely gone away. Legally. Legally. One, and encouraged. Mm -hmm. This is why, and again, you don't have to be a full-time business owner, right? You can, you know, set up a side hustle, which many people talk about and, and start it that way. Is that fair? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is so, this, again, the tax code is always sexy but most people ignore it because they don't understand how to play the game, right? That's true. The tax code is there for a reason. Anytime there is a tax change, you should talk to your accountant and look for how you can use it. It's again, I love the analogy of don't hate the player, hate the game. The Congress makes the game. The IRS tax code is the rules. Again, don't hate the player, right? If the player is doing things illegal, right? Is tax fraud. They're going to go to, you know, jail, Right. Right. That's think about the, think about the people that did the PPP loan and bought a Lamborghini. I think we've all heard that scenario, right? Took yep. a million bucks out illegally. He enjoyed the Lamborghini for about ten days, and now he's in jail. That's right. right? It happens. It, it's an important distinction to make between avoidance and evasion of taxes. There you go. Let's talk about that. Tax evasion. You are doing illegal things to either completely eliminate your tax liability or to get a refund, and that will end you up in jail. So let's talk about four examples. That would be like, you really made a hundred grand, but you dropped to zero and reported 10 grand. That's evasion. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or you're running a lot of expenses, a lot of personal expenses through your business um, that you know you shouldn't be doing. Right? All of your, yeah. you know, all of my food at the local grocery store and all my clothing and all these things that aren't business expenses, but going through the business, I'd be yeah. evading. You take your credit card statement and you say, oh, look, Tax that's a number. It's all is something that, I think we all practice uh, to some level. If you itemize. As nobody has a civic duty to pay more than they owe. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a client requests to pay more than they owe in taxes. Yeah. They all want to pay the smallest amount that they legally can, yeah. which can be called tax avoidance. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sounds negative, but in reality, it's what all business owners, real estate investors want to do, and anybody that can itemize their deductions, they're doing so to avoid paying at a higher rate. Yeah, so this is one thing I want everybody to realize. Millionaires and billionaires pay people to legally avoid taxes. Is that fair? That's correct. They, it's, it's an approved strategy, right? 
and don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just the thing. So, well, a, a fantastic example. And I think you brought it up on your channel is Grant Cardone. Yep. He got a call famously from his accountant that said, Grant, we got a problem. You're going to owe, you know, $20 million this year. And Grant yep. basically said, don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. Yeah. And that's when he went out and bought his plane. Yeah. I remember that story. And he uses that plane to go check out properties, new ones, existing ones. Does he have his family with him at times? Sure. He does. Sure. You got extra seats on the plane. It's not yeah. a single seater. Yeah, exactly. Right? But that was a way that yeah. he legally avoided taxes. Yeah. He, the, the, his company owns the airplane. He Absolutely. doesn't own it personally. Yeah. It's completely legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Again, folks, when, when you see, so again, remember this video. Let's be very clear. If you're going to be mad, be mad for the right reason. It's zero federal income tax, not zero taxes. We've hopefully cleared that up. And then go figure out the game. The IRS tax code is there for everyone. If the, let's just make this clear. If you make $20,000 a year or 20 billion, the IRS tax code is the same. The, the, it doesn't change, right? You as a billionaire don't get an extra 20 pages. It's the same tax code for everybody right? It's the same. So I That's think we, we would all do better to figure out how we can avoid taxes legally. Is that fair? That's right. And that's what I love about your channel and your message. One rental at a time. You're not suggesting somebody goes out and buy a, a big office building or strip mall or apartment building. No. You're saying start, start simple. Start with what you can do today. Yeah. Save up money, down payment, buy that first one. From there, buy the second one, get to four. And then go from there. And particularly now in this time of, of pandemic, we can see just how important it is to have a steady stream of income that you can rely on, mm -hmm. that is going to be independent of massive ups and downs in the economy. Absolutely. We can see how important housing is, yeah. far more so than office space. I just heard on the way into work this morning, there's over 2 million square foot of office space available in Manhattan now. Oh, and, it's and, gonna go up. Know, <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. And so office space is a, is, a, is a tough arena to be in right now, but everybody needs a bed. Yeah. Not everybody needs an office. Exactly. And that's why one rental at a time, looking at residential properties, yeah, you know, perfect invest sense. in an area that you know, with people that you know, and you, you too can get to that point where yeah. you've done what Michael's done. Right. And you've moved away from the W-2 world and you've moved to passive income and it's mm -hmm. covering your expenses. Yeah. Well, Bob, hopefully we sparked a few people that want to reach out to you and understand the game, right? This is what I was hoping would happen for you, right? We've made it very clear that if you understand the game, uh, you can benefit. So how can people reach out to you and get a hold of you? Well, I'll say two different ways. They can always reach me on my website at mainbeancounters.com. I love Maine, that. <laughs> yeah. um, you can find me on LinkedIn. And I'm going to be paying attention to um, the comment section under this video because I'm sure there's going to be questions. Awesome. Um, I'm sure people are going to have some feedback uh, for both of us there. And um, we can so. address those directly in the comment section as well. So you've got the comment section, LinkedIn, uh, and my website. And we work with uh, clients around the country. Very, very cool. All right, Bob. Well, thank you very much for doing this. It's a, Again, I really do believe the tax code is sexy. Most people don't because they don't get it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. All right, buddy? Amen. Take Absolutely. Care. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Michael.